11, everybody. This is Fantasy Baseball Today. I'm Adam Azer. Hello, everyone. And hello, Scott White. Hello, Adam. Who cares about Scott White? Chris Towers Perfect. is back. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Very. I'm sorry, Scott. I do care that you're here. Hi, Scott. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, oh, oh Adam. Here. How was your weekend? Thank you. Oh, what a nice thing to say. <laughs> That's so nice. Uh, I went to my first Broadway show and saw What's some book, book of Mormon. Okay. How was it? It was, it was amazing. It was so okay. funny and it was so South Parkian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, have you seen it? No, I've only seen, I saw one Broadway musical. I saw, uh, Spam a lot. You saw it on years. Broadway or, or? Yes, on Broadway. Yeah, yeah it was With cool. Clay Aiken. Clay Aiken was really? in the show. Mm. It's just it kind of cool to go to a Broadway show and think the people that I'm watching right now are, you know, the premier people in their field. That's, I guess, part of the appeal. And they were outstanding, and the show was really funny. And while I'm not a Broadway guy, this was, uh, you know, it's just I'm not, not a huge theater guy. This one was definitely, this sort of could get anyone into into that, uh, into theater. So, so great stuff, and good job, cast. Okay, anyway, um, I need to tell you something. I went on uh, the air last week. I bragged about it being 18 and 0, as you recall. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and I was playing Heath, and you know, I scored the uh, the fourth fewest points in the league. Ooh. Uh, played two teams, so you know, if you're going to score the fourth fewest points in a 14 team league, you you better play two lousy opponents, and that's what I did. <laughs> 20 and 0, 20 and 0. <laughs> Uh, it's really, it's troubling, is what it is. Unjinxable. Un- Better to be lucky jinxable. than good. I guess so. Alright, let's get to fantasy baseball, guys. Any interesting ad drops for you guys, or trades, or transactions, or, Chris, how the hell are you? Welcome back. Tell us what you, tell us, uh, your fantasy baseball moves from over the weekend. Uh, well, I'm looking to add Malik Smith in a couple of places if I can. I actually tried to add him in, uh, in the podcast People's League, and somebody's already got Malik Smith for some reason, but I'm very excited about Malik Smith. Oh, that was this morning. Yeah, Malik Smith, are you excited for anything other than steals? Well, that was this morning when he got picked up in our league. Uh, Malik Smith is 26% owned. He homered. He stole three bases on Friday. He stole a base on Saturday. He is now, for two months, going to be the regular center fielder for uh, Tampa Bay, I guess at least two months, as... Kevin Kiermeyer's out with a hip injury. And, uh, yeah, like I said, 26% owned and rising. Is there anything Malik Smith is going to give you other than steals? I think he can be a decent source of batting average with his speed. Uh, he's not a great contact guy, but I think he's a, uh, he's not like, he probably tr- treads the, the line between like where Jose Peraza is and where we hoped he would be. Like, he doesn't avoid strikeouts quite as well, but he's also probably just a better hitter than like a Jose Peraza. So I, I think he can be a, a pretty good batting average guy. How, how would you feel about him versus a hitter with a similar profile who just came back from the DL and went five for eight oh. with six steals Does and seven Scott runs Scott loves Cameron Mabin. He I loves Cameron Mabin. I don't understand what's happening to Cameron Mabin. He is taking a turn for the better here. Better base stealing than well, it's really just more aggressive base stealing. Well, he's than we've nineteen ever seen and one from. though. Yeah, he's 19, only been caught once. Right, nineteen um, for twenty. So, uh, you know, I, and I don't know what his percentage was earlier in his career. I, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm not sure he had the green light as much as he's getting from the Angels. And the strikeout to walk ratio is one to one. He has been on fire since moving to the leadoff spot, and the removal of Mike Trout from that situation hasn't changed it. He's 41% owned versus Malik Smith's 27% owned. But uh, I added Cameron Mabin in one of my shallowest leagues, a points league yeah. where, where you know, the strikeout, the fact that he walks as much as he strikes out is a big deal. Um, but that's like a three outfielder. Yeah, we've treated him like and, just a roto specialist guy for steals. But, you know, if he's going to strike out, you know, 17% of the time, which has actually been pretty much where he's been the last few years, and he's going to walk this much, and he's going to steal this much. He's a useful points option, too. Well, right now, for sure, I actually put in two claims over the weekend for one spot. I had Lewis Brinson one, Cameron Mabin two. Both as sort of bench players, but both in three outfielder leagues. You know, shallow leagues where we talk about it all the time. This is like 
Is Avi Garcia even worth owning in a league like this? You know, there's just mm-hmm. good good options. And I I thought it was time to finally – I don't know if it's buying into Maven because he just hasn't been a very good hitter uh, mm-hmm. throughout his career and recently, but it's at least buying in for the short term. And he was my second choice uh, behind – uh, Lewis Brinson, who's 43% owned and got called up yesterday and started and led off with Jonathan VR on the DL, had a 900 OPS in the minors. So I'm looking at those guys as let's, let's see what happens, at least with Brinson. Let's see what happens this week. I'm not yeah. going to start him. Yeah, I had a hard time getting enthusiastic about Brinson just because of the, the, the clutch, the land, already... right, right, the, the outfield landscape. And, and there's never a problem taking a flyer on a top prospect like that. That's never a bad idea. But in a league, you know, one of these three outfielder points leagues, I was discarding Gregory Polanco, basically. I, I ended up trading him for somebody I dropped the next day, but I, I was basically going to drop Polanco and that's why I traded him. And uh, I don't know why Brinson deserves more benefit of the doubt than Gregory Polanco. Now, he had a good first game, two walks, stole a base, but batted leadoff for the Brewers. So, you know, the the arrow is continuing to point up, but it's still he still has a long way to go to break into that mixed league threshold, I feel like. For me, the bigger issue with him is just how does does he play every day? Does he even stay up? Yeah, Yeah, like if Ryan Braun's back in a week or two. All of a sudden, that opening might be gone for him. And that, I, I wrote this in the waiver wire last night. I, I basically just said, like, at, we've seen with Ian Happ and Cody Bellinger, if you hit, plans can change. <laughs> if you're a top prospect and you come up and you just force their hand and you and you hit so well that they can't possibly send you down, mm-hmm. that that changes things. But right now, it's hard to see a path short of him. Well, Hitting to the point where he's well, must own anyway. But but look how long that lasted with Ian Happ. We're yeah, he's not really even that widely owned in fantasy because it, you know he he started slumping. It, it's you know I kind of equate the Brinson situation to um, uh, Bradley Zimmer, who I wasn't that enthusiastic to pick up when he got called up either, and he really hasn't given us reason to change that, even though he stuck around, performed okay. Um, now his Brinson's playing time a- concerns are different because he's a left-handed hitter, but. Brinson's right. a better prospect, right? They're, uh, you know, maybe technically, but we're talking margins. Okay. Well, the, the only thing I'd say is I know I think Keon Broxson homered yesterday, but he's really been pretty bad yeah. for an expended, extended period of time. So I could see him becoming Keon Broxton if, if they're not married to Broxton. Yeah, just replacing their center fielder. Ryan Braun it sounds like he's gearing up to return. Yeah. So, you know, there, there are other players on the roster who could play center field. But there's a chance. Like, certainly a five outfielder league. You know, I'd, I'd want to stash Brinson away on my bench to see what happens. It's just, it's harder to justify it in a three outfield release. Sure. And, okay, so that's Lewis Brinson. Let's go to another prospect that called up, got called up and made a really nice start this week. Sean Newcomb, 41% owned, six and a third, four hits, one run. It was unearned. Two walks and seven strikeouts against the Mets on Saturday. He threw 96 pitches. He threw 70 strikes and 12 swinging strikes for Sean Newcomb. I got him for a $6 bid in a 12-team league, 12-team Roto League, $100 budget. And I was surprised I got him, to be honest. I later found out that Scott had bid $5 on Newcomb. Uh, You know, one of the reasons I didn't really break the bank for Newcomb was because I'm tired of buying into these pitchers and having them have, like, one or two good starts and then get crushed. And I obviously Nelson Lamette route. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And he's not the only one. We'll talk about that. So I realize a young pitcher, there are going to be some speed bumps. And even though he had a great start in his debut, and and I I know Scott, you watched it. I was following you on Twitter. I watched it. He looked good. Um, I still wasn't willing to break the bank, but I thought a six dollar bid out of a hundred was very reasonable for him. What do you guys think? What kind of league would you be owning? Braves pitcher Sean Newcomb. And by the way, is he staying up? Oh, I'd. I'd pick him up everywhere. And, yeah, I and think which, he's must add. Which, I mean, it doesn't, you, you know, I'm not disregarding your point about how he had major control issues in the minors just this year, like five and a half walks per nine before getting called up. Didn't show any signs of that in this first start, but there's reason, like you could certainly foresee uh, 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 it playing out in a way that ends up with him back in the minors in short order. But for now, he's staying up. He's getting another turn. And I just think this shows the differing landscapes between outfield and pitcher, where we know Sean Newcomb has a ton of upside. He's been a prospect since he was drafted, I think, 14th overall, 16th overall by the Angels. Uh, um, 15th. 
15th, <laughs> right around it. <laughs> um, and he's gotten comparisons to John Lester all the way up the ladder. John Lester, who, by the way, had major control issues in the minors. So there's reason for optimism here. And he looked great in this yeah. first start. The curveball, um, you know, the Mets couldn't do anything with it. And, and just the way he used it was so impressive to me. I, I think I saw him throw it to a batter like three or four times in a row at one point. And then that 94-mile-per-hour fastball was just looked a lot faster because of that. Um, so I, you got you have to take a chance on any potential you see at starting pitcher just in, in case it's the breakthrough you're, you're, you're desperate for in a way that you're not having to do in the outfield. Do we know if Jacob Faria is going to replace Matt Andrees in the Rays rotation? We don't know, but I would guess. Okay, so so Faria and Newcomb are fairly exciting options for you. Who would you guys prefer? Uh, Newcomb. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd like to own both. Do you feel okay starting Newcomb, Chris Towers, this week, one start against Miami, which has the eighth-best OPS in baseball against left-handed pitching, and we're thinking should have Giancarlo Stanton back because he did pinch hit yesterday? Yeah, uh, we've got him on Team Creeth, and we are not starting him this week. Sean Newcomb. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right, anything else? Because I traded Coda Glover. I wanted to really talk about this. I traded Coda Glover on Friday for Rugnet Odor in a 14-team points league, and I was going to say you should trade Coda Glover now. I know he's been really good, but there's just no chance that the Nationals are going to stick with a rookie closer when they could seriously win the World Series well, this year. He- well, he's on the DL now, right? Yes. It might be too late to trade him. No, exactly. Like, I was all prepared to have this great, awesome moment where I was going to give great fantasy advice, and then he slips in the shower, hurts his back, doesn't tell anyone, and he's on the DL. So who the hell is going to close for the Nationals this week? Probably Matt Albers. He's been their best reliever, mm-hmm. kind of inexplicably. Um, has a couple saves already. I would guess he's the one. And Chris, uh, they said Felipe Rivero and Juan Nicasio were going to share closing duties for Pittsburgh, but it's been Rivero yeah. two in a row. Well, that was that was a really interesting because Rivero came in in the eighth inning in both. Uh, yeah, both saves, four right? out saves. Yeah. Well, he he bailed out Nicasio in the first one. I think Nicasio gave up a couple of hits, recorded two outs in the eighth inning, and then the second time on Sunday, Nicasio pitched in the seventh. But yeah, I, it seems to me, Chris, like like Rivero is their guy. Yeah, I would think so, and and. You know, it's interesting he got two far-out saves in two days, but he only threw, I think, 26 pitches between the two. What? Uh, <laughs> wow. He's One been, of them he had three strikeouts, I think. He's been just absurd this season. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen him pitch this well. And Something that we're seeing, I think, from you know someone like Edwin Diaz, who looked like an elite pitcher over 50 or so innings last year, is even for relievers, 50 innings isn't enough to say. This is who this person is now. So I'm, I'm still a little skeptical about Felipe Rivera as this, like, suddenly elite pitcher, but I think he's gotta be the, the number one reliever to add right now just because he's got the job. Okay. And look, Matt Albers is not a bad add because yesterday they had a non-save situation and I forget, I think they threw Sean Kelly. Yeah, and, and Albers has been good, and you're just getting so many save chances from one of the best teams in baseball at the Nationals. So there are some options there. Do you see any other bullpens that look like they could be in flux right now? I know Justin Wilson pitched in a non-save situation yesterday. I think he walked two batters. Sen Juan O got roughed up a little bit, but I I don't know that there's anything imminent. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, uh, uh, Pat Pat Nishik. Mm. Um or is it Neshek's? Neshek. Yeah, we, Neshek, he's, he's yeah. the closer now for the Phillies. Supposedly, but he worked the seventh inning of a game. I think it was just yesterday. Um, so hmm. I'm still confused as to what's going on there. It was, it was, it was when the Phillies were trailing too. And, uh, I think Hector Neris came in the following inning and of course gave up a run because that's what he does. Yeah, it was just <laughs> yesterday. Uh, Neshek pitched the seventh and Neris pitched the eighth. Oh. In a losing game, but yeah, last we heard, Nishek was supposed to be getting the next save for the Phillies, so that's still very much up in the air, I think. Okay. Well, like in the long run, we think Hector Neris gets that job back, right? Yeah, like, they talked about the things that they want him to work on, right? Getting that splitter back, and once he does that, 
You have to imagine he gets back in that role. Uh, yeah, it seemed like an Edwin Diaz situation, and and part of the part of the uncertainty is is a reflection of how few save opportunities the Phillies have gotten. Yeah. Um, but it didn't look like he had a splitter bag yesterday. At least just judging from the line. All right, guys, we're going to take a look at the most added players now in CBSSports.com leagues. Uh, later on in the show, we will definitely talk about Robbie Ray. We will give you some injury updates. We'll talk about some tough calls you have to make. Do you start Jeff Samarja at Colorado? Do you start Joe Ross in a two-start week? Michael Conforto's got some tough matchups and some lefties on the schedule. Um, do you start Giancarlo Stanton? Do you start Mitch Haniger? you start Masahiro Tanaka? Which pitchers can we buy into? Who should you add off the waiver wire? Your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. All right, here is the most added list. And uh, here we go. Buck Farmer is number one, and Buck Farmer is a two-start pitcher this week. He has Arizona and Tampa Bay at home. Who's starting Buck Farmer? I think you should. I think, like, the <laughs> Arizona matchup could be tough, but Tampa Bay could be one where he really shines, and I like the stuff that we've seen from him. Okay. I, I don't think it's a must in Roto because uh, – you know, the 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 lack of swingy strikes in the last start has me nervous about Buck Farmer, um, but and and then the problem in points leagues those are usually split you 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 know SP spots and RP spots and Farmer is only RP eligible as of right now. Oh, so you might have to sit a closer or something to get him in your lineup, and that's that makes me a little nervous there too. Um, I think he's owned in all of my leagues. Because I don't think there's a league where I would have let him go unowned. But I'm still, my enthusiasm for him is less than somebody like Sean Newcomb. Alright, well, Buck Farmer is the most added player. Sean Newcomb is the second most added player. And one thing real quick, Chris, like, we might have to change our tune on the Rays. They have, they strike out a ton. They, I'm almost positive they lead baseball. But they have the eighth most runs scored in baseball and second most home runs. Uh, the Rays. So he's got the Rays and the Diamondbacks. That's two top eight offenses. We'll see. Okay. Big big week for Buck Farmer. If you can get Pat, this is a test for him. We'll see uh, how legit Buck Farmer is this week. All right, Sean Newcomb, number two at forty one percent owned. Jeff Hoffman, guys. Jeff Hoffman is number three at at sixty one percent owned. Rockies pitcher has been really good this year with a point seven four WHIP and three walks, thirty four strikeouts. In five starts, Hoffman is a one-star pitcher at home against San Francisco. Starter sit, Jeff Hoffman. And, and should we be adding him? Should we be more than 61% owned? I have such a hard time saying any Rockies pitcher except for John Gray should be more than 61% owned because I, I just don't know if I can still trust Jeff Hoffman. And, or at least, you know, in, in roughly half of his starts, but... I don't know how many pitchers are there that you feel confident you can trust more than half the time anyway. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to add him anywhere. Not that I didn't look at it. There were just pitchers I wanted. It's kind of a busy time for pitchers on the waiver right right now. Yeah, yeah. He, he he ranked lower because of that that home venue is such a big hurdle um, that really only one pitcher I feel like is ever cleared. Uh, John Gray's not even totally there yet. I'm thinking back to Baldo Jimenez's days there. Yeah. Um so uh any other team and I'd be as excited about Hoffman as some of these other guys, but he ranks behind them for me. If, if for Jeff the Hoffman pitched for the Braves, oh, yeah. I think we'd all be excited to bat at him. Even, yeah, and I even even pitching half his games where you can trust the ball is going to hit the sun. <laughs> Now, let me just say this about Jeff Hoffman. He is now 61% owned. First of all, would you rather have Newcomb or Hoffman? Newcomb. Newcomb. Hoffman's only made one home start. So he's made five starts this year, four of them have been on the road. At home, he gave up three runs on six hits and five and a third against the Dodgers. Not terrible. With two walks and eight strikeouts. So he'll have his second home start this week against San Francisco. More on the most added list. Felipe Rivero is four. He's 50% owned. CC Zabathia is five. He's 85% owned. Woo. Uh, with very good matchups though. At the Angels, the Angels actually had a great weekend. They hit the, t- hit the heck out of the ball, but at the Angels and at the A's for Zabathia. Edinson Volquez is number six. He's 49% owned. So would you rather have Hoffman or Edinson Volquez? I would rather have Hoffman. 
I actually did pick up Volquez in at least one league. Uh, that's who I dropped the player I traded Polanco for, which was Denelson Lamette. So I traded Polanco because I was going to drop him for Denelson Lamette, and then after Lamette's last start, I dropped him for Volquez. I don't think Hoffman was a choice in that league because I want to right now say Hoffman. Hoffman. Okay. Yep. What did looking, you, what'd you say, Chris? Who'd you pick? Hoffman he picks over, Hoffman also. Hoffman over Volquez. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Joe Ross is 73% owned. Chris, Joe Ross is a two-star pitcher. This is a tough, tough call this week. Joe Ross has uh, Washington and Atlanta, I think. No, Atlanta and at the Mets, so not nearly as bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Starter sit. Um, I'm starting him in my 10-team uh, head-to-head categories league, but I don't uh, – I obviously don't feel super great about it, given how he's just – he's been so impossible to figure out, mm-hmm. good or bad. Okay. Yeah, like you said, this is a really a lot of pitchers on this waiver wire, and they're not all just two-star pitchers necessarily. Alex Meyer, he is. Um, Kyle Freeland, he probably is too. <laughs> yeah, you have to go all the way down to Malik Smith at like number eight on the most added to get a non-pitcher. Yeah, uh, Tyler Chatwood. We have three Colorado starting pitchers in the top 12 on the most added list. That is crazy. Yeah. One's Hoffman and the other two-star pitchers, right? Yeah, Chatwood and Freeland, are they two-star guys? Yeah. Okay. Jimmy Nelson, Pat Neshek, Domingo Santana. Santana or Brinson, guys? Santana. Yeah. Ariel Miranda, 75% owned. Do you like that? It feels seems... high to me. Yeah, a little high. I was I was kind of enthusiastic, getting enthusiastic about picking him up until there was this wave of pitchers being called up. Uh, that kind of pushed him down my cue for pitchers to add. He is on a nice run right now, but both the walks and strikeouts have been kind of all over the place. So it's not still not sure I know what kind of pitcher Miranda is. All right, and finally, Angelton Simmons is now 57% owned. I'm going to give you two more short stops, uh, and you tell me who you'd rather have, Angelton Simmons or Hernan Perez or Tim Beckham. Angelton Simmons, Perez, Beckham. Simmons, and that's that's not particularly close. It's like Simmons has always been a low BABIP guy, and it's still low this year, and yet he's been one of the most productive shortstops in fantasy, in part because the home run rate up is – is up in part because the steals rate is up. But both of those, I think, are feasible. He was a 17-homer guy in the past. He has been—Angelton Simmons has been such a terrible hitter. Like, how can you say it's not close? Hernan uh, Perez— Well, is, I, can say, I can say it's not close because—who are the others again? Hernan Perez and Tim Beckham. Yeah. I mean— Yeah, I just— <laughs> Like, Tim Beckham's got some pop, but the strikeout rate is just way too high. Yeah, no, it's crazy how much Tim Beckham strikes out, but, but, like, Hernan Perez is is the number seven shortstop in fantasy over the last 14 days. He has four homers in that stretch. I think I'd rather have Hernan Perez, but I'm just, it's another situation with, with the Brewers where I'm just not 100% confident how much he's going to play. Well, no VR. I mean, he's been playing regularly anyway, so I feel like he's gonna be in there because, because VR is on the DL. And look, I have to replace VR, so I'm gonna actually have to make this type of decision. And mm-hmm. yeah, I would go with Perez. Like I think, because Perez, we counted on him for steals, and now he's not doing that at all. Yeah, like, he's just yeah. just power. And like I, I don't, I don't know that it's that he doesn't give me as much hope as but like Andrew Simmons Simmons does. And I know has, what four more steals than him. Well, I just, yeah. it's really more like, how could Angelton Simmons be a runaway winner in any hitting contest? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, well, okay, I, I guess that's fair. I spent, I added him in a couple leagues, like, one, I dropped a Ledmus Diaz for him, and it's a shallow league where I'm not really worried about Diaz getting picked up, but, um, I do like the Angels matchups this week, and so just from a short-term perspective, I'm willing to see if Anderson Simmons has another good week because with every good week he has, it becomes more believable. I'm I'm just saying the underlying numbers for Simmons, I don't think make his performance just immediately dismissible. Alrighty, friends, let's get into some news. Taiwan Walker should be back on Wednesday. He will replace either Randall Delgado or Zach Godley in the rotation. So I, 
I don't know what to do here. I, I want to start Zach Godley in a one-start week. He's been very good. He's been better than Delgado. Yeah. But I don't know why that's – I don't know why they're so committed to Delgado in the rotation that they'd have to send that guy, Zach Godley, down, who's been their third-best pitcher, right? Ray Greinke and him? Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, what what does he have to do? Elite ground ball percentage. I mean, could it could it just be Randall Delgado's out of options and they don't want to lose him? They, he is out of options. Put him in the bullpen. They just throw him back in the bullpen. Yeah. Well, so do you think it's too risky to start Zach Godley this week? Yeah. Damn it. Ben Zobris has made three appearances at shortstop, and I think he's first base eligible now too. Uh, Tyson Ross had a terrible rehab start, but he could rejoin the rotation this week. Rehab starts don't always mean it. Like David Price had bad rehab starts. So it doesn't matter much, but the numbers have been pretty ugly for Tyson Ross. But he might be back in that Rangers rotation this week. Joanna Cespedes cannot run 100%. What he can do is hit a grand slam and yep. and jog. 30 seconds to get <laughs> get around the bases. What's that, Chris? He can jog. He can jog. Uh, Justin Verlander said his groin injury forced him to make adjustments, and he was trying not to overdo it while he was pitching, and he didn't pitch well again. So do you think you would sit? Verlander this week, I believe he is one start at the Astros. It's, I don't think it's a crazy idea in a shallower league. I, I own Justin Verlander in a couple leagues myself, and I don't think I could dream of it in those. It's, a, it's against Tampa Bay for what it's worth. Oh, okay. Much that makes, better. makes a little bit of a difference. Well, but, yeah, uh, better. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, most people listening are probably going to have to start him, and I, yeah. I think that's fine. I'm not benching him. The other, I have some interesting options on the bench, Manaya or Matt Shoemaker, but they've both got tough matchups too. Felix Hernandez is one rehab start away from returning. Why don't you guys guess Felix Hernandez's ownership percentage? 93%. 86. 94. I'm a little oh. surprised. A little surprised no. that, that he was stashed in so many leagues. He hasn't pitched since April 25th. Mitch Haniger never dropped below 90, yeah. I don't think. And, you know, that's outfield versus SP and difference in track records, too. So that's... People are people are sticking with these injured guys. All right, and tra- they're clogging um, up their benches. Travis Shaw is on family medical emergency leave due to the health of his newborn daughter. So we obviously wish the best for Travis Shaw, and he could come back today. It's a little dicey. Hopefully, you get an update before you have to set your lineup. Okay, summer is here. Yes, baseball is here. Go to a game. Go to a concert. Go somewhere. Get out of the house. Use SeatGeek to get there. SeatGeek is an awesome app. It makes buying and selling tickets so easy. You can do it all in just two taps. You can save 20 bucks with our offer code FANTASY. Just use the offer code FANTASY on your first SeatGeek purchase. You're going to save $20. Don't waste your time looking at multiple sites trying to find the best deals. It is, like I said, a waste of time. There's no need for that because SeatGeek will do all of that work for you. SeatGeek price compares, then grades every ticket based on value to help you find the best seats that fit your budget. It's very easy to use. Also, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I use SeatGeek all the time. I love it, and you will too. And our listeners, the best part, our listeners get 20 bucks off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Well, I was going to ask you for some week out stand, weekend standouts, but we've pretty much done many of them. But we haven't talked about Robbie Ray. We've gotten some emails, some tweets about Robbie Ray. So my whole thing with Ray was he had three awesome starts in a row on the road. And then he came home to face the Padres. And all four of those starts were just dominant. And then it's like, all right, now he's got the Brewers at home. Let's see what the man can do. Six and two-thirds, scoreless, three wa- uh, three hits, four walks. I think two of them were his last two batters. 12 strikeouts, and Robbie Ray now has a 262 ERA, 35 walks, 107 Ks, and 82 and a third. Three straight starts with double-digit strikeouts. How legit is Robbie Ray? I tweeted yesterday, Robbie Ray is what we hoped Michael Pineda would be. <laughs> okay, what is That's that very mean? internal I... uh, opinion, right? Well, what some people... Hope Michael Pineda would be, not me. Michael Pineda's had a great year. He's been okay. <laughs> He's been pretty darn good. Um, He's got like a 370 RA since that big strikeout start in his second start. I got receipts. I know what's uh, up. I got receipts. 
Robbie Ray's better, uh, no doubt. Robbie Ray is, I mean, the four walks, that, that was kind of like reverting to some, you know, like, not, oh, yeah, not so pleasant times for Robbie oh, yeah, Ray. Still Robbie Ray. But, um, but even so, I mean, six and two thirds, three at innings, 12 Ks, like, it's, it's, uh, like, I can take, I can take some walks every now and then, the way he's missing bats. And, and the big thing with Robbie Ray is, unlike Michael Pineda, where he just kind of looks like the same guy, like he's throwing pretty much the same pitch mix, he's not throwing any harder, Robbie Ray has introduced a completely new pitch into his repertoire, and it's been, his curveball has been extremely valuable for him, uh, 16.8% whiff rate with that pitch, which is above average for a curveball, but he's allowing a 163 batting average and only one extra base hit on 49 at-bats that have ended with the curveball. And that's mm. – this is a guy who's had trouble keeping the ball in the yard. Curveballs can be really useful at limiting extra base hits. It's not necessarily the best swing and miss pitch, but a lot of guys can use that to supplement a uh, – a two-seamer or a sinker and get those ground balls and limit extra base hits, and that's what he's doing with it. I think he's, like, to sum up his value, he's right there, you know, technically, you know, just a little behind it, but right there with James Paxton and Lance McCullers in, in terms of breakout dominant pitchers this year. Yeah, I've definitely got him behind those two, and I'm, I'm going to have to do a serious rankings overall. I haven't touched that in the week I missed, but yeah, he's I, I would guess he's going to be very close to my top 20. Okay, so you're going to put Robbie Ray ahead of Tanaka? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking and Cole. him or Luis Severino. Oh. Yeah. And I think I would go Severino still. Yeah, I definitely like it. The I, I do still like the pitching profile of Severino more, but then he has the potential innings concern coming yeah. up. Not as great as it is for some pitcher, but it is there. He, yeah. he threw 150 innings last year. Yeah, but they're probably going to the playoffs, right? So, yeah. hope uh, so. Severino, uh, seven innings, one run on two hits, eight strikeouts, two walks against Baltimore. Severino's got a 2.75 ERA, 18 walks, 84 strikeouts in 75 and a third. So yeah, he and Robbie Ray were absolutely standouts this weekend. Okay, uh, so it sounds like you guys are totally buying in to Robbie Ray, must-star pitcher. Don't want to necessarily sell high on uh, Robbie you, Ray. You. Okay, great. Any? Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. we got a lot of stuff here. Let's do, real quick, tough lineup decisions. I already asked Chris about Joe Ross. He says he's starting him in a two-star week, but not thrilled about it. Jeff Samarja at Colorado. Jeff Samarja at Colorado. Start or sit? <sighs> Probably sit. Yeah, I'm sitting him. It's so tough because he actually doesn't have a bad track record in Colorado. We looked it up before the show. He's doing such a good job of limiting balls in play because of his strikeout rate that you would think that gives you an advantage in Colorado, but it's still Colorado. Like You can pitch well and still have a 6 ERA. Mm -hmm. And he did pitch poorly there earlier this year, but prior to that, yeah, Samarja had weird, oddly good numbers in Colorado, but we're going to say sit him. Jamison Tyone, starting today. He's got Colorado at home and the Cubs at home. Welcome yep. back. That's tough. Starter Sid Act Tyone. Up, activate him right away. I mean, two-star week, yeah. immediately back. And the thing, like, coming back from testicular cancer, he's not, like, you don't, it, it's not like he's going to re-injure himself. You know, yeah. it's it's not like that fear with most pitchers coming back from the DL. So he looked good in his rehab assignment. I'd, I'd be fine starting Tyone. Michael Conforto, he has John Lester and Mike Montgomery and Gio Gonzalez, three lefties in seven games. He also has Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg on the schedule. So it's a seven-game week for the Mets uh, and three left-handed starters, and Conforto's cooled off a little bit. Starter sit Michael Conforto. He's still holding his own against lefties this season. Um, strikeout rate's not bad. He's walking, hitting for a decent power. Small sample size, but I'm not sitting him where I own him. Okay. Me neither. Me neither. Rick Porcello, one start at Houston. That's who it was at Houston, not Verlander. Rick Porcello at Houston. I'm pretty much okay sitting, sitting Rick Porcello when, whenever you feel like you have better options. I mean, he's, he's, He's below the you never sit this guy threshold for me among starting pitchers. I don't think he's 
ever really must must sit either. Like it it just depends on your options. I wouldn't be afraid to to yeah. sit him with this matchup, especially. Would you have said? I know Scott that we are sitting Jeff Samarja for Joe Biagini. Biagini has the White Sox at home. Would you have sat Porcello for Biagini? Uh, I I think so. I think I would. I think Biagini's a higher priority for us in that league right now than than Porcello's, which is. We haven't even mentioned Biagini. He's hardly owned at all, right? So first but, of all, I'm, I apologize because I've got Porcello here as a two-star pitcher. So that's my Oh, you're bad. right, actually. Yes. Um, I should have known that being the one who ranks two-star pitchers every week. <laughs> right, and one of them is Philadelphia. So you're going to start Rick Porcello. Yeah, you're starting. Yeah, Biagini is weird. Yeah, I, I don't understand why Biagini's only 25% owned. I, I will say I don't really buy him. I don't think his stuff is starter stuff. However, like how can you – deny the results so far, and he's got the White Sox at home this week. So Joe Biagini feels a little under-owned at 25%. Yeah. I mean, it's just bad timing for him, I guess, since there's so many other pitchers we're enthusiastic about adding, yeah. and how many, how much can you turn over your roster in one week, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that being a 16-team league where we already owned Biagini, then yeah, I'm happy to start him. All right, guys, starter sit. Ryan Zimmerman, he's missed three of the last four with a back issue. Well, he's been such a model of health in his career that, I mean, you you just figure he gets past this really easily and it doesn't linger and ruin what's been a, a big breakout season for him. <laughs> okay, so was that sarcasm? I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure there. Me? <laughs> <laughs> was that sarcasm? I'm no. A, I'm offended. <laughs> I don't know. It's risky with, with Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I we probably still have to start him. He's just been too good. I, I, I was actually going to lean the other way. I think uh, – I'd rather not take the chance, even if it's just a half week. I think at that position, you know, I have, I have other good options to use. Manny Machado missed the weekend series, could return today. Start, sit, Machado. Yep, sounds like he's going to be back. Giancarlo Stanton, start or sit? Um, I think I probably have to sit him. He He's just not a notoriously quick hit. But he pinch hit yesterday. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Hopefully they make it easy on us and we see some lineups tonight and can make that call. Well, there is a 2 o'clock game today. So. No. Is there? I believe so. I think you're lying, Chris Towers. Are you being sarcastic again? It's entirely possible I'm lying. Chris, There's if you're wrong about game. If you're wrong about this, you're off the podcast for the rest of the week. He's wrong. He's wrong. You want to get out now or you want to stick around for the Man, end of the, the show? The MLB app lied to me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Use good old CBSSports.com. What a jerk. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, guys, has four games, has uh, four games at Minnesota, three at Texas. Are you comfortable putting Mitch Hanniger, pretty good matchups this week, back in your yep. lineup? Yeah, I don't expect him to play all seven coming right back from the DL. Maybe he sits a day or two, but yeah, I'm starting Mitch Hanniger. I don't think you have to just because of how many outfielders are out there. Like, that's the thing about Hanniger. Like, I loved him at the beginning. He did great. I still love him. But he's almost kind of like my mascot now, you know? <laughs> like, I don't have outfield troubles anywhere. Yeah. Except maybe some five outfielder leagues. Okay. And so I don't know. Finally, we have Superhero Tanaka starting tonight. Two starts for Masahiro Tanaka at the Angels and at Oakland. Start or sit. I, Sit. I'm starting him. I like those mm. matchups. I know he's been bad, but there are no like, there are no like obvious reasons for me to believe that Masahiro Tanaka is just terrible now. Like the the velocity is right. not down. He's still getting a good amount of swinging strikes. His secondary pitches have worked pretty well. Hey Scott, I, remember last I, time I, when he faced the A's? Uh, what? Well, what was that, Adam? Remember what happened last time he faced the A's? Well, I was just remembering last week, like, I made basically the same argument Chris did for mm -hmm. Tanaka in what should have been two starts last week, and I feel like I was given a, a reprieve yeah. here, yeah. Um, because that week was shaping up to be most unpleasant. Um, obviously, the yeah, first start was a disaster. So. At the Angels and at the A's, those are two such good matchups in really good parks to pitch in. I think this is the... This is the week. Here it is. This is the week he's back. Uh, he's back I'm on the podcast. I'm planting my flag. Okay. Chris Towers. I don't, I don't want to. Right now. Nah, <laughs> I, I, Chris, I'm going to roll the dice too, but it's because I don't really have a great option. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly not having to face Baltimore on Sunday and getting two starts at the Angels in Oakland was a nice yeah. 
gift for Tanaka owners. All right, more stuff here from around baseball. Here we go. I guess I could do the news and notes, but they're kind of boring, so I'll pick and choose. Kenta Maeda made a really good outing in the in the bullpen. Four innings, one run, six strikeouts in relief of Rich Hill. Is Maeda still worth hanging on to, guys? He's eighty. He's seventy-seven uh, percent owned. I'd be okay dropping him because it doesn't sound like. And we've seen the way the Dodgers manage their pitching staff. He probably will get back in the rotation at some point, but it doesn't sound like Dave Roberts is angling for that. He wants him in kind of this piggyback role where he bails out a starter well, who doesn't you've go got, very long. When you've got Rich Hill, Brandon McCarthy, and Hyunjin Ryu in your rotation, you probably want a guy who can step in at a moment's notice and fill in. Yeah, so... He, that's probably too high ownership at this point. I'm not saying he needs to be dropped across the board. Uh, he probably will get another chance at some point, but talking about some of these pitchers we're looking to add, I don't think might prevent me from adding another. Okay, he might not prevent you from adding another. That's good. Yeah. And uh, Jacoby Ellsbury will not be back this week, so you can start Aaron Hicks confidently, and you probably can when Ellsbury returns. And Aroldis Chapman could return this week, but if so, it would be in the weekend series. So you don't want to start him. And that brings me to hitters now. I'm fully buying into Aaron Hicks, guys. Uh, I'm in batting 317 with a 429 on base, 584 slugging percentage. He might be an all-star this year. Uh, they had a huge week, the Yankees, and I know they're going to be better at home and on the road than on the road. They got seven road games, but I just, I think it's Ellsbury that's going to lose the most playing time and, um, Hicks is like 80% owned, but I, I think if you pick them up, I think you're going to have a good player. I I really struggle with it. Like We've got 1,240 plate appearances before this season where he just wasn't any good. Yeah, and and Hicks was a first-round draft pick, and I think – I think he, he had, I think the mental part of the game was a big, every time I read about him, it was something like that. It wasn't about his tools or his skills, it was about I mean, sure, his but they're focus. gonna say that when any time a big time prospect busts and... But it wasn't even their prospect, you know, so, uh, I don't know. Look, we're seeing, all, like as Scott mentioned on Friday, I think, we're seeing all these delayed breakouts. And Hicks has been compared to Jackie Bradley, who was a delayed breakout. But Jackie Bradley was 24, or 25 so. when he broke out. I mean, Chris is 28. Chris is being consistent here. Um, Smoke delayed breakout. I don't think he's gone for that. Really, the only one he's gone for is Yonder Alonso, and that's part of the fly ball uh, revolution as well. He's in... And for me, it's just, when a player makes a conscious change to their game, it's a lot easier for me to buy than just like sometimes two good months happen. Well, he he did shorten his swing in the offseason, if that matters to you. That... we don't know that there wasn't a conscious change. I mean, that that sounds like yeah. a conscious change too. It's but there's also not... no conscious. There, there's no apparent change in his game beyond the the strikeout to walk ratio, which I don't like. We see that fluctuate too. Like that's something that we think is like that's a conscious decision that you're making. You're walking more. I'm just. You know what? This is a Monday show. Is not the time for this conversation. I should not have brought it up um, <laughs> because you know, obviously, we got to get to who to add and drop. So I'm going to list off some hitters, and but we'll get back to Aaron Hicks later in the week. I'll list some hitters and pitchers here, and you tell me who you want to add and drop. At, we, we talked about Mabin and Malik Smith. Eric Young, 7% owned? No. No. Okay, Nick Castellanos. Bring it up every show, Adam. Nick Castellanos, 53% owned. Chris, this must excite you. He's barreling. You know, you know, I love me some Nick Castellanos. I actually had to start him last week uh, in place of Justin Bohr, and that, oh, that worked, worked out, out okay. Yeah. Well, fifty-three percent owned. Do you think that's under-owned for Castellanos, who's red hot lately? Ten-game hitting streak. I think it's probably a little low, but third base is so deep. It's kind of like outfield, where like you have to be exceptional just to get on the board. And we've got. We talked about uh, Hernan Perez and Tim Beckham. Anybody interested in Jose Perella at six percent? I think he probably needs to be owned in more than 6%. He is kind of a guy who kept getting passed over even though he hit well in the minors consistently and is like a winter league legend because of how productive he is there year after year. Um, and has come up, he was 11 for 18 in his last five games playing every day for the Padres. 
He's somebody I have my eye on, but he's just not like he can't break the mixed league threshold yet. So this is Jose Perella. Would you rather have Perella or Wilmer Flores? I would rather have Perella. (laughs) This might not be a bad week for Flores, actually, because he's got three left-handed starters, one of them being John Lester, the other Gio Gio Gonzalez and Mike Montgomery, but still he just kills lefties. Yeah, I wouldn't. Right, he does kill lefties. But he's been playing every day regardless, uh, bouncing between third and first base. Oh, he's just good against lefties, I mean. And he does have that triple eligibility that maybe does make him more rosterable than Perella now that I think about it. He's my Cesar Hernandez replacement this week. Okay. All right, there we go. All right, uh, is it, can we drop, should we drop Alex Avila? I'm so annoyed. James McCann has come back and started three straight games. And should we drop Ian Happ, who only started three of seven games last week? Um, yeah, I think Happ is droppable. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, Avila never quite got into my top 12 catchers, but I still think, like, at bats, at that position, at bats aren't the biggest determinant of how valuable a player is. But because... aren't you upset that he's not gonna start over James McCann? At least yeah. for now? Well, they, yeah, and that could change. About, they've talked about it like it's gonna be like close to a platoon, right? I'm not sure. I thought that's what I saw. And, you know, he'll probably work into DH. He'll probably work into first base at times. Avila will. So, you know, if he's, if he's starting three or four games a week, I think he'll, in two catcher leagues or in, or in leagues that are deeper than 12 teams, I think he'll still be good enough to start. And this is a, uh, this is a flyball revolution guy too. Yep. Oh, really? That's, so that's Avila you're talking about? Yes, he's okay. uh he's upped his fly ball rate to 45% from 33% for his career and has a 59.7% hard hit rate. He has been I believe he leads baseball in baseball savants expected woba, which is nuts. Hmm. Alex Avila. Alrighty. And uh, finally, you know what? We're 47 minutes into the show. Should we talk about pitchers? Yeah, I probably should have done that earlier. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let's talk about some pitchers. Okay, Carlos Martinez, complete game shutout with 11 strikeouts. Irvin Santana, complete game shutout with 5 strikeouts. And we talked about Severino and Robbie Ray. Steven Matz came off uh, the DL and had a good start. Only 2Ks, but 7 innings, 1 run at Atlanta. So that was nice to see. I think Sir, uh, Irvin Santana is the story here, guys. It seems like he's had some blips lately. He's had... Uh, three starts in his last seven, allowing five or more runs, and he's followed all three of them with seven or more shutout innings. And Irvin Santana has 220 ERA and only 63 strikeouts in 90 innings. So is he a top 30 starting pitcher? Not quite. No. Not quite for me. He's a little outside of it. Um, but he I don't must see, start. I don't see, yeah, I don't see how you sit him at this point. But, yeah. look, he can't keep this up. And it's just a question of how far he falls down. And if he's a 3-5 ERA pitcher for the rest of the season, there's not going to be many times when you don't start him. So you're still looking, are you still looking to trade Irvin Santana? If there's yeah. someone in my league that doesn't know what FIP is, yes. <laughs> All right, I did a little bit of research here. I hope it's helpful. I'm not sure it is, but we're going to try. So um, I looked at the last two seasons – Pitchers who finished in the top 30 in ERA in the last two seasons with less than eight strikeouts per nine. And there were 10 top 30 starting pitchers in 2015 with less than eight strikeouts per nine. And there were nine in 2016. However, if you go to less than seven per nine, that's pretty rare to be a top 30 ERA pitcher with less than seven strikeouts per nine. There were two in 2015 and only one. In 2016. So less than seven strikeouts per nine and a great ERA, it's hard to do. And Irvin yeah. Santana right now is accomplishing that. Uh, not to say the strikeouts can't go up. And he's doing a good but. job of inducing weak contact. Um, it's just, and that started last season, but I just, like you said, it, you've got to be really special at everything else to be that good with a low strikeout rate. I'm going to give you some studs who are duds. Tell me who you're worried about, if anyone. James Paxton, two straight disappointing starts. Jake Arietta, 468 ERA. And he had been pretty good for his last five starts, but certainly not great. But he struggled against the Rockies, Jake Arietta. 
Jose Quintana, even with some improvements, still not really getting there. Antonio Senzatella is 88% owned, and Drew Pomeranz is 89% owned. We can do them separately, but Paxton, Arietta, Quintana, concerns? Not really any new ones. Paxton, actually dating back to the start before he went on the DL, three of his last four now, the walks have been unusually high. And that's, I mean, part of the what, what got us excited about him coming into the year was he was like an elite control pitcher last year. So uh, hopefully he's not taking a Jake Arrieta turn as far as that goes. But it's, you know, it's it's... It's three starts, and I'm not really freaking out. And especially because there was a DL stint there. Yeah. That, you know, hopefully you just kind of have to get past that. But how long before we look at Lester and Arietta and the curse of the World Series pitchers and say, something's going on here. They're not just Lester and Arietta anymore. Well, uh, like, Arietta started that started to go downhill in the second half last year. Um Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's in the it's in my mind with yeah. them. It's it's a consideration. I don't <sighs> think it's necessarily the answer and I'm not uh like I'm I'm not I'm not saying they're just doomed and you know this is as good as it gets for them. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with that. I just, and I'm not really doing anything about it. I'm just less confident when I start those guys. Yeah. Okay. We've got Chris Archer. Yeah, whatever. Jose Barrios. Uh, I just, in order to save time, you tell me. We should if, mention Antonio Sensatella being 88 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. seems outrageously high. I'd rather have Sean Newcomb than him. Yeah, four earned runs now and four of six for Sensatella. So there's beginning to be some correction there. Never more than four earned runs, which really isn't that bad in this day and age, but it's not good either. Okay, thank you for bringing that up. And then Drew Pomeranz, would you rather have him or Sean Newcomb? Pomeranz. Yeah, I don't love Pomeranz, but the the highs are too high. You're kind of hoping Sean Newcomb is Drew Pomeranz this season, right? I hope he's more consistent than Pomeranz, but yeah, I hope the upside's similar. Let's do some more waiver wire stuff here. Tell me of these pitchers who are all owned in more than 80% of leagues, if any of them – actually, I'm only going to give you two here. If any of these are droppable, either of these, Adam Wainwright – I shouldn't call them these. They're people. Adam Wainwright or Aaron Nola, are you okay dropping them? Wainwright with a decent bounce-back start against Philadelphia and had been pitching well before a dreadful start two starts ago. And then Aaron Nola, just 440 ERA, I mean – Come on already. Nola and Wainwright, they're both more than 80% owned. Are they droppable? Even when Wainwright was pitching quote-unquote well, he had 0-3-4 ERA over four starts. He only had 21 strikeouts to 10 walks. I think Adam Wainwright's been droppable for months. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He shouldn't have been owned as much as he was to coming coming into the season because he was terrible last year. That emailer, some emailer was giving me grief for uh, being so dismissive of Adam Wainwright at the end of last week. I just Need haven't Chris even, like, here to back me up. I just haven't even like honestly, I haven't really thought about Adam Wainwright as a fantasy relevant pitcher since last season. I didn't see yeah. any reason to consider him one. I don't think I had him in my top sixty coming into the season. Next group of fringy starting pitchers. I want you to tell me if anyone in this group needs to be owned. Like you would not drop them. They're just they're too good. Too good. Dan Straley, Ariel Miranda, Brad Peacock, Junior Guerra. Alex Cobb, Jordan Montgomery, Dan Straley, Ariel Miranda, Brad Peacock, Junior Guerra, Alex Cobb, and Jordan Montgomery. The two who I really don't care to own are Guerra and Cobb. You don't want to own Alex Cobb? No, because he still hasn't. He just still doesn't guys. have the changeup back. Like that's that's the the secret to his success, and okay. uh, he doesn't have it. So until he gets it back, I'm I don't I'm not convinced he's going to be. More than a marginal pitcher. Jordan Montgomery is my favorite of this group. I've, I've been the Jordan Montgomery guy even more than the Yankees fan on the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, the fact that he's the lowest of the group seems, uh, ridiculous to me, frankly. This is a really good start this weekend. So. Best start of, the, of his career. They yeah, did not have any Machado for what that's worth. The but, high swinging strike rate all year. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm joining that bandwagon. Yep. All right. And Montgomery, I think what, what I like most about him is he's got, I would say four 
four reliable pitches, which is rare for a rookie. Um, next group of fringy starting pitchers, Denelson Lamette, you jerk. You made us believe. <laughs> Matt Moore um, is 64% owned. Jaime Garcia has been pitching great lately. Uh, Zach Godley, 51% owned, and Jeff Hoffman, 61%. So we got Lamette, Matt Moore, Jaime Garcia, Zach Godley, Jeff Hoffman. I'd say Godley deserved to be in the previous group, if not for the the threat of him getting sent to the minors. He, you know what, Scott? Let's just go ahead and make the prediction. He's going to stay up. That it's going to happen. He's in the rotation. Zach Godley. Because to be honest with you, even though we have no idea, I think that right now, as of Monday morning, you mm-hmm. we should think that he is going to stay. They're going to do the smart thing, move Delgado back to the bullpen, and keep Godley in the rotation. I, I mean the 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 Diamondbacks beat writer for for their official team site. I can't think of the guy's name, but um, Adam Azer. He seemed to be leaning the other way. What does he know? I don't like. What who, does he know? I'm he just knows more about the diamond the goings on of the Diamondbacks than we do. Than me? I oh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, all right, fine. Could be just, wrong. Can we just like stop this Matt Moore thing? I finally dro- cut him loose in the can podcast you, league. Like he's. Useful when he's at home, but he's not a good pitcher. Yeah, I. Uh, well, who is a good pitcher? I get here? suckered in every year. Lamette, Matt Moore, Jaime, Godley, Hoffman. Who's a good pitcher? Chris Towers. Who do you want? I'd rather have Hoffman or Godley than him in this group. But not maybe Lamette. Jaime too. Maybe. Yeah, I, I just like. He's at least an elite ground ball specialist. Matt Moore's about to turn twenty-eight. He had one. Good-ish season when he had a 3.29 ERA and 150 innings back in 2013, mm-hmm. and even then his peripherals were pretty bad and his WHIP was high. Like we're we're still treating him like he has this untapped potential, and it's just like, yeah, he was a prospect seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, finally, Janelson uh, Lamet, you cool dropping him? Yeah. Yes. Is there anyone from this group that you want? We might have to change our theme song soon, by the way, because Mike Fires has been great. Uh, Ian Kennedy, these are all less than 50% owned. Ian Kennedy, ugh. Jordan Zimmerman, Mike Fires, 3-0 with a 1.96 ERA in his last three. Erman Marquez, Hyunjin Ryu, and am I forgetting anyone? Uh, Robert Gazelman staying in the rotation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looks good. The... I've liked the stuff all year with Gesellman, and the command was just awful uh, early on, especially at the first inning of every start. It seemed like he was just getting pounded, but mm-hmm. the stuff was still really impressive to me, and I think he's a little under-owned. I, I would rather have him than Matt Moore. I would rather take a chance on him figuring something out no, than I, trying to chase this Matt Moore ghost. I, I put in that exact claim um, before I made the... Before I made the Polanco for Nelson trade, and that kind of changed things around, I opted for Volquez. He was um, over Gazelman. I, I prioritized Volquez over Gazelman, but um, yeah, there's 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 something there again for Gazelman. I wish the strikeouts were higher during this turnaround. That's my biggest hesitance. What about him. Mike Fires? No, let's not do this. <laughs> let's be let's be adults. What about Yunjin Ryu? I know this was not a good start. I still have a little bit of faith in Hyunjin Ryu at 31%. Nobody? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. stream him against the right matchup, but I I would hope we see Kenta Maeda in the rotation above him among other people before long. What about Joe Biagini and Seth Lugo? They're both kind of interesting. Um, Very available. Uh, I, I like them both more than Fires. I like them both more than Ian Kennedy at this point. Yeah. Certainly Jordan Zimmerman. So they're they they probably don't deserve to be tiered below them. But I haven't in a standard twelve team mixed league. I haven't made a move for either Biagini or Lugo. Seth Lugo was impressive last season with the two six ERA and the one oh nine WHIP. But the strikeouts weren't there. And then you watch him pitch, and it's like, how does this guy not get just a ton of strikeouts? The stuff, the breaking pitches are really good. Yeah, curveball. If he can turn that stuff into consistent strikeouts, he had six and seven innings last night. Even if he just gets to that, not even a strikeout per inning, I think he's got a chance to be really good. Are you ready to do five listener emails in less than a minute? 
Yes. You're on the clock. Here we go. Reggie from Charlotte. He needs to pick up a closer. Ramos, Matt Bush, Santiago Casilla, or Brandon Maurer? Matt Bush. Matt Bush. Uh, this Ramos. is from Carlos in Australia. Should he drop Michael Franco or Aledmus Diaz to pick up Hernan Perez? I think neither. I <laughs> think I'd be okay dropping Diaz. From Peretz, two start Tyone or Justin Verlander for one start. Tyone or Verlander? Tyone. Tyone. Miles in Los Angeles. I traded Corey, Kyle Seeger and Bellinger for Daniel Murphy. Was that a good move? Yeah. B minus. Yeah, I like it. Who do you like rest of the season? Benintendi or Yelich? Yelich. Okay. Uh, I have Benintendi higher. And finally, Josh from St. Louis. Travis Shaw was dropped in a 12-team Roto League. Would you drop Garrett Cole to pick up Travis Shaw? Nope. Nor would I. We did it! Five yeah. emails in a minute! Yeah! Oh. Do you think oh. the Arizona beat writer could do that, Scott? Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Hooray for baseball!